Al Jazeera podcast. Why has Russia exited the grain deal brokered by Turkey? President Erdogan says that he's hopeful it can be revived, but cracks are beginning to show in these countries' relationships. So, how much politics is at play here, and what does it mean for global food supplies? Hello, I'm Adrian Finnegan. This is the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help to define major global stories. Right, let's bring in our guests for today's discussion from Moscow. We're joined by Andrei Baklanov, the Deputy Chairman of the Association of Russian Diplomats. From Istanbul, we're joined by Helene Sariatan, Associate Professor of International Relations at Istanbul Menyet University. And from Washington, D.C., Rich Utsun, non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council in Turkey and senior fellow at the Jamestown Foundation. A warm welcome to you all. Andre. Uh, let's start with you. President Erdogan says he believes that President Putin wants the humanitarian bridge to continue. Does he, or is that wishful thinking on President Erdogan's part? What's the view on this grain deal in Moscow? Well, actually, uh, we were very patient, very patient, and uh, uh, the, expert, uh, the experts of the Russian Federation are criticizing the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the relevant other ministries and the government for being patient too much. Why? Because uh, instead of this grain, de uh, uh, grain deal, we had the double front, the double front from our um, Western, uh, you know, uh, collaborators and, uh, unfortunately, the uh, United Nations authorities. Why we are speaking about this double throat? First of all, uh, uh, the pretext for the deal was the necessity of helping the poor country, African country. But only uh, ninety, uh, only 3% of all the grain were really came, uh, were coming to the African states. Instead of that, the majority, 97%, uh, went to European countries, and uh, uh, some of, of the, this quantity came to China. So this is a fraud. And uh, the second fraud was that uh, uh, the deal had two aspects. One aspect, uh, the opportunity for the Ukrainian uh, grain to go uh, for the market. And the second part of this deal was the opportunity for the Russian grain uh, come uh, come abroad. So we gave uh, the opportunity for the uh, 32 million of Ukrainian grain to be uh, exported to other countries, but zero, zero ton of Russian made, uh, you know, uh, crop uh, went anywhere. The same was uh, in the case of fertilizers. It was the consent that uh, all our fertilizers uh, will have the opportunity to be unblocked in the ports of the Western countries and go uh, to Africa and other, uh, you know, states. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but only one-fifth of this uh, amount really had the opportunity to go. But, so but Andre, this is the case yeah. of the fraud. Andre, even if only 3% of the grain actually got to African nations, as, as, you, uh, as you claim, um, it, what it has done is, is keep prices down so that, that people who can't afford grain when the prices rise, people who need it most, could still afford to eat. 
Yes, uh, but uh, we we had contacts with the African uh, countries, and uh, perhaps we'll have uh, direct opportunities to export our grain to these uh, to these uh, countries. We'll find find some additional opportunities uh, without uh, the frameworks of this uh, deal. Of this deal, unfortunately, uh, the deal. Uh, it's not dead, but temporarily we are stopping uh, and we are asking uh, uh, for the deeds, not words, as because we have been worth, uh, waiting for too long. So if the deeds will be in real terms, if our aspers will go, if our fertilizers will go, we will return to the to this uh, to this deal. If not, okay. we will not return. Helene, it was always a political deal. It wasn't a legally binding deal. If the political will to make it work is no longer there, it falls apart. Given that, was it was it always doomed to failure, regardless of what President Erdogan said uh, or, or did or, or, or said here? How much of this failure is down to him? Well, actually, I wouldn't call this as a failure because it was it has been working for almost a year, more more than a year, let's say. Uh, so uh, it's still valuable. It's still on the table. Although the Russians uh, seems to be exit, making an exit at the moment, they are just saying we are suspending it. So it's not for sure 100% end of the game. For that reason, I do believe that Turkey, as a mediator, still has a chance to make the agreement continue. But at the same time, especially after last week's NATO summit, in which Turkey seemed to seemed to be a little bit more uh, on the Western side, um, giving a kind of green light to Sweden's uh, um, partnership with uh, the alliance, with NATO alliance. I can say that Turkey is not uh, moving towards the West or towards East. It's continuing its balancing policy. And for that reason, I, I still think that Turkey's position is very significant, both for Europe, for, for the United States, as well as Russia. Russia needs Turkey. Turkey needs Russia. West needs Russia. And Russia needs the West. So it's a kind of complicated world to understand, because we are talking, as IR experts, we are talking about um, interdependency, complex interdependency in between all the state actors in the international system. And each one of these actors are actually bound to another one, and this one to another one. For that reason, it's very complicated to tear one of these countries out and say that, well, it's okay, we are not working with you anymore. We have to work all together. And this is about the humanity. It's about humanitarian purposes. And in my point of view, we are seeing the elephants somehow in the room fighting against each other, but at the same time, most of the time, we are forgetting about these unfortunately right. poor countries uh, so, who, who are really in need, and they are being oppressed by the pressure that's being applied uh, by the great okay. powers. I, I'll, I'll bring Rich in in just a moment. But first, Helene, I want, I want to pick you up on, on two things that you said there about, first of all, about this suspension um, and, and the fact that it could get up and running again. I mean, experts are saying that if it lasts longer than a few days, it won't be possible to get it up and running again, and, and that grace, uh, grain prices are, are going to rise anyway. Uh, and, and also, uh, I, I wonder um, whether... I mean, you said... You talked about Turkey maintaining this, this balancing act. There are those who would say that, that, that Russia's failure to re-sign this deal is a direct snub 
to President Erdogan after he has pivoted since his re-election towards the West? Well, actually, I mean, uh, I, as I said, I, I still believe that there is a chance for the agreement to continue. So, yeah, it's, it seems to be a kind of reaction towards the West as well as Turkey. But at the same time, I think that the friendship, the so-called friendship, the close relationship between uh, President Erdogan and President Putin is not something to be given up, to be forgotten in only one incident. So it is a strong relationship. They have direct contact with each other. And I think this is the valuable part of it. They have problems. In the past, Turkey and Russia had many problems. In a, for a while, we were in such a big crisis that people in Russia were talking about bombing the both sides of Bosphorus in Istanbul due to this jet crisis. However, both countries showed the, um, the determinants, they, they showed the decision, uh, the strong decision to continue their relationship. They were really uh, keen on moving uh, on a strong relationship. For that reason, okay. I don't think that the relationship between Putin and Erdogan is something that can be, uh, you know, given up that easily. Rich. Uh, thanks for being patient. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken called Russia's move unconscionable, saying that scrapping the deal will worsen food security for millions. Uh, Ukraine's foreign minister said that Russia is blackmailing the world. Is he right? Um, absolutely, Adrian. It's good to be with you. And uh, I uh, also appreciate the, uh, the previous speaker's comments. Look, a little history is in order here. Uh, we don't have to look that far back to see that this is actually a standard uh, operating procedure for Russia. Anything uh, that has to do with humanitarian equities or interests, they will absolutely threaten, suspend, and wring every concession out of that they can. When the original grain deal, the Black Sea Initiative, was negotiated, they did the same. If we look at the war in Syria, every time that there is a UN motion to approve another six months of food relief, across international borders under the World Food Program, Russia threatens to blackmail and, and uh, disrail it or, or derail it. Because at the end of the day, for Russia, there is no such thing as a truly humanitarian gesture. It all comes down to trying to get an additional concession on economic, military, or political matters. So in this case, they want to get the uh, sanctions lifted on their agricultural bank to get uh, access back to the SWIFT system. Uh, they would like to see uh, easier imports into Russia of agricultural repair goods, and they want to see some uh, some goods unfrozen. So, I mean, look, it's not that big a surprise. It is, in fact, the case, though, that they're willing to raise the prices. In fact, they may benefit from prices going up somewhat, as they have uh, with movements of the oil price, because they're commodity exporting countries. So, yeah, I think Russia is more than happy to, on the backs of uh, hungry consumers, uh, to go ahead and play these games in order to try to get concessions. In the end, the deal is a good deal for Russia because I, I disagree with the statistic that no Russian grain has moved in the deal. I think we'll have to check that statistic. Uh, and one last thing I'd like to debunk, this idea that only 3% goes to Africa. Look, a ton of, more than a ton, a lot of this Ukrainian grain goes to countries like Turkey that turn the grain into finished products, into macaroni and things like that, that then get sent on to uh, hungry countries in Africa and elsewhere. So actually, it is quite a significant deal in terms of helping yeah. developing countries. But I, I'm not surprised that Russia is up to its old game.
Rich, Russia um, had obstructed the proper operation of this deal for months, according to uh, the UK's foreign minister. Um, this then forms part of a, a wider strategy, as, as, as you see it. Will some of the West's sanctions against, uh, sanctions against Russia then have to be lifted uh, to, in order to allow further grain shipments? Uh, that's certainly the Russian goal, I think, here, is to get some sanctions relief. I think the, ca the calculation in Was Washington and uh, Brussels and elsewhere has to be this. How much leverage does Russia actually have to stop the export of Ukrainian grain anymore? After the loss of Snake Island and the sinking of uh, several major Russian vessels, I think that it's in question, it's in doubt whether Russia can actually stop uh, the export of grain. So it would take something like a major naval escalation by Russia to do that. If they say, look, we're not going to have the, the grain under this deal, maybe it does drive up prices, but I don't think they can actually stop it. So the question for the West will be, can this mischief that Russia is up to, can the, the impact on prices, is that worth uh, the offset of allowing a little bit more uh, import of agricultural equipment to Russia and to loosening these sanctions and somewhat? Look, the sanctions more are a moral signal than they are a crushing economic blow. Russia has uh, still economic relations and trade with India, with China, even with Turkey. So the, the sanctions are not crippling. Uh, so the idea of giving some incremental relief is something that will be entertained, I think, in the West. Andre, what do you what do you make of what you just heard there? This is standard operating procedure for Russia. It, it is mischief. What is it that Russia wants? Well, uh, the Russia position is very clear. We want uh, only uh, the balance and uh, the real fulfillment of the uh, provisions we had in the deal. We are speaking about the deal. We are not speaking about everything in the world. We are speaking about the deal. The deal was uh, the uh, the uh, you know uh, the result of the negotiation process, which uh, gave this uh, kind of uh, of uh, you know. Uh, deal which had two sides, as I told you. One side was fulfilled, the, the second side was not fulfilled. So we are now proposing for the Western countries to fulfill their part of the story, their part of the of the of the of the deal. Unless this is satisfied, we will not uh, return back to the deal. The majority of the special, we had uh, yesterday a big gathering in Moscow uh, for the specialists uh, who, on, on these grain and international affairs, etc. The majority of them uh, said that perhaps it was uh, uh, with, with good intention, but it was a mistake to make any deal with the Western countries under present situation when our contradictions are so acute and the approaches are so different. Uh, well, I, I personally think that it was a good trial, but uh, results were absolutely unsatisfactory. And uh, we should have uh, made uh, this step long time ago, nine months ago, when after three months of the, of the, first, uh, of the first accomplishment of the deal, it was absolutely clear that we are facing the fraud from the Western countries and also very insufficient and very uh, uh, inadequate attitude of the Mr. Gusheri, Guterres, who I consider to, as a diplomat, as, a, as a, an ambassador, he is the worst uh, secretary general in the history of the organization. Um, uh, Helene, um, the West and Russia have already begun to trade barbs about who is to blame. Um, is there any reason to, to cut Russia some slack here? Does it have legitimate grievances? And picking up from what Andre was saying there about, about the UN 
Secretary General, how much leverage does the UN have here um, and, and what role should it be playing right now? Well, in my point of view, uh, yes, Russia might be uh, somehow um, criticizing about United Nations and its general secretary's position, whether he is or the organization is uh, neutral or not. But I think since the very beginning, uh, like Turkey, United Nations worked a lot to make this agreement work. Uh, and they've been, you know, in a, in a huge effort to to continue. In every uh, two, three months, they were in a very great effort to make or persuade Russia to prolong the agreement. And maybe they will do it again. But in my point of view, I think, especially after last week's NATO summit uh, and uh, the consultation over there, Russia is feeling much more pressurized. Uh, the Western world is talking about giving new types of weapons to Ukraine, and there is a full military support. They are talking about cluster bombs. And uh, since the very beginning, um, you know, people were not sure about Ukraine's military position, but up until now, Ukraine is still struggling and not to be defeated, and it's there, it's strong, and at least it has a moral support from the West and uh, superiority, in my point of view. Uh, Ukraine has a moral superiority in this war. But at the same time, Russia is feeling much more pressurized politically and military from the Western world. For that reason, it has two cards to play on. One is about energy card, its energy crisis that it can create, and the other one is food crisis, the food card that it can play. For that reason, from time to time, it's using the energy card or the food card to persuade the West to um, lift up the sanctions that are being uh, applied on Russia. Okay. However, up, and, up until now, uh, they, they couldn't uh, succeed in that. I also believe that Russia is doing not so bad regarding its economic uh, standards, economic position. Uh, it's, despite Western expectations, Russia uh, actually performed uh, relatively good in, uh, despite the sanctions that are being uh, applied over it, against it. Uh, but still, we are not talking about, about economic pressure. We are talking about military and political uh, pressure that is being uh, increased on uh, Russia, especially after last week. For that reason, I think this Green Deal agreement uh, uh, comes especially after last week's uh, summit. Rich, what do, you, what do you make of what you've just heard? Well, yeah, I, I agree with what Helene was saying. And, and in the end, the, the Green Deal has a sort of symbolic value that outstrips the minutia of implementation uh, that our, our Russian colleague has been discussing. Why? Because it shows that ultimately when two sides are at war, they can still do things that are in global interest and mutual interest. It's this sort of Manichaean black and white view that we're either all at war or all at peace and things are either, you know, we're trying to totally overthrow the other country or we're uh, accepting everything they do. Now look, Russia, launched an offensive war against Ukraine and is trying to wipe a sovereign country off the mat. That must be resisted. Yet at the same time, Russia has some legitimate interests in trade and uh, certainly wants to get its grain to market. I think that was foreseen under the deal. Uh, I, I think that aspect is legitimate. But by trying to hold the deal hostage, Russia is essentially saying, look, this one thing that could be the basis for further win-win talks, which, by the way, are going to have to happen at some point. Every war ends. And normally they, they end with some sort of a compromise solution. I don't think anybody at this point okay. expects either that Kyiv will totally collapse and be removed from the map 
or that uh, the Russian government will totally collapse as well. So there will be, at some point, there'll be a negotiated peace. Okay. Can you build um, that? based on small steps of cooperation like this. And the fact that the Russians are trying to hold this hostage, it's uh, it's a step backwards. Okay. All right. We're almost out of time, so I need reasonably brief answers from you. But I'm going to get one more question each to, to all of you. Um, Andre, President Zelensky says it should be possible to use the Black Sea Corridor without Russia's agreement if Turkey allows vessels through. Is he right? I'm not quite sure. I think that this, is, this will be a very dangerous... Uh, uh, trial for for settling of the problem. I think that uh, the war conditions are there. Uh, so, well, um, we will explore together with uh, our uh, colleagues, including Turkish colleagues, uh, the opportunities of uh, any other options uh, uh, outside the uh, present present day. Uh, uh, you know, this uh, grain deal, but. Uh, we ask uh, all countries concerned to be cautious, uh, because we are very serious about the necessity of uh, safeguarding our interests, our military, our political, our economic interests. Uh, many people are criticizing Moscow, uh, our government, to be too mild during this period period of time. I think that uh, the expert, uh, the expert. Uh, the community also are demanding from the government to be uh, much more stern in their measures against okay. uh, the attempts right. uh, against us. Helene, what are the prospects, do you think? I know you said you were optimistic that this deal could be revived. I mean, is it going to come down to President Erdogan, though, the wily political operator? Is he going to pull a rabbit from a hat? Well, from time to time, he has been saying that Turkey can guarantee somehow patrol uh, the vessels uh, from Ukraine to, to, to the outside world in the Black Sea. So I think this might come to the table once again, uh, that Turkey's guarantee or Turkey's, you know, patrolling uh, as an option. But I'm not sure about Russian answer, actually. Uh, I, I do still, uh, I want to be optimistic still, and I do think that uh, Erdogan still has a chance to persuade uh, Putin especially because of humanitarian purposes. So the two leaders possible, highly possible uh, meeting uh, in Istanbul or Ankara next month is very okay. significant to follow up. OK. And, and, and Rich, I mean, are you, do you share Helene's optimism that, that, that this deal will eventually have to be done? And I, I, again, I didn't get your thoughts way back at the beginning of the programme on, on whether uh, this, this Russian failure to re-sign this deal was actually a direct snub to President Erdogan, it was it was to to, to fire a shot across his bowers, for, for want of another word, saying, "Look, you know, we're we're your friends here, not the West." Yeah, I think I think that was the secondary purpose. So the secondary purpose was to express displeasure with something that President Erdogan clearly has had as an accomplishment he likes uh, to tout as as proof of statesmanship. But I think the primary purpose is uh, to put pressure on sanctions relief. I, I note, I've just done some quick research checking that Russia exported a record amount of cereal grains last year. So clearly Russia is still able to get its out. And the idea that somehow this uh, deal has prejudiced the Russian ability to export grain is just false. I do think ultimately, because they make money from the grain and because it's it really is sort of a win-win situation, they'll come back to the deal. It might be under a different name, uh, but they will have some sort of modus vivendi with the Russians that allows Ukrainian grain out as well as Russian grain. So I think, yes, the, the deal gets resumed after Russia has had its temper tantrum and after it's extracted or tried to extract some sort of uh, sanctions relief. Okay, there we must end it. Many thanks indeed to you all, Andrei Baklanov, Helene Sariatem, and Rich Utsun. 
This episode was produced by Mohammed El Aichi, Fintan Monahan, Abla Kla, and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Hasib Hashmi. The program was edited by Anna Savage, Khaled Sultan, and Joda Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. And thanks for listening. Tune in again on Wednesday for our next episode. Thank you.